everybody, and welcome into this week's edition of the College Rugby Wrap-Up. My name is Zach Lanning, as always, the host here. Uh, we are down a man this week, but it might not be who you think it is. Uh, we are joined by Josh Ressio. Unfortunately, no Colby Marshall. Uh, Colby and I have done this podcast together a few times, Josh, because of your, your jet-setting ways. But it's just you and I this week, buddy. How are you feeling about that? You know, I'm... Uh... I, I don't know if I can live up to Colby's hype. You know, I feel like I watch the show when I'm, when I'm, as you say, jet setting, uh, <laughs> and you know, you guys, you guys got the duo down. So I hope, I hope that I can, uh, I hope I put up a good performance in his, in his absence. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be critiquing you pretty uh, heavily. He usually sends me like, you know, long emails after telling me all the things that I did poorly. So he's, he'll, he'll let you know he does it, but no, I'm kidding. Colby uh, obviously does not do that, but just don't be afraid to call me on my BS. Josh we will be fine. Okay. We'll get through this. Uh, we're going to make it, we're going to make it and everyone else is going to enjoy it. And that's the point of the podcast. So I just want to throw out this is the second week in a row. You're putting yourself, you're saying you're the host here. It's like it's like a pedestal. I mean, if Colby is here, he's going to complain about this. I figured if I just said it enough times as we went along that it would be reality, you know? And I feel like a host is, I mean, it doesn't mean anything other than I'm the guy who you hear first, you know, when I enter the pod. But if you guys want to cut me off and do it first, by all means, please go ahead and do it. No, no, no. We're just going to have to bring Matt back here, you know? Put that, everyone back in their place, you know? That is very true. Yeah, if Matt were to come in, yeah, you know, immediately take a, a backseat role there uh, a <laughs> lot of rugby to chat josh we can get into it uh first our outside of school segment here some stuff from around the rugby world that doesn't necessarily pertain to college uh we've been talking about it a few times you know an episode's coming up but it is finally here it's happening the women's world cup uh the 2021 world cup being played in 2022 but still being referred to as 2021 so a little bit confusing but uh it, it is happening this weekend uh, for the U.S., that's when their first match is. It kicks off in pool play. Uh, they'll take on Italy on October 8th at 7.45 p.m., uh, and that will be streamed on Peacock, as I believe most, if not all, of the games in that World Cup tournament will be streamed. Um, so, Josh, you excited about the uh, Women's World Cup here coming up? And what are your thoughts on that USA-Italy matchup? I mean, it is hard not to be excited for this team, that's for sure. Uh, talk about what a end of the year for rugby we just had the sevens world cup now we're going to the women's world cup next year we got the men's world cup like we yeah are... we got the men's repechage in november <laughs> as well so that's happening like pretty much right after or a little bit before this world cup ends even so it's insane to me so you know i i feel like in the past year have watched more women's rugby than i ever have and this usa team i kid you not is one of the most exciting teams I've ever watched, men's or women's. Like even even in games they've lost, their energy, how they play together, some of the marquee names that they have on the team. I mean, this the USA has represented well this year at the World Cup. I I feel like we're going to come out strong against Italy. I don't know about you, Zach, but I, I I really do think we have a chance this year. Yeah, I I think so. I think this is a perfect game against Italy to kind of kick things off because Italy is. They are ranked higher than us in world rankings uh, on the women's side. You know, they historically are kind of not on par with other European nations, but they just are, are they came off a, a really uh, a solid upset over France recently in some, in, you know, kind of tune up matches, which I don't think anybody expected. Um, France obviously still probably tinkering with their lineups before the World Cup. Uh, but it's really anybody's tournament except for the fact that England are probably going to win. Um, but it, it's uh, after that, I mean, outside of that, there is a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of room for for the U.S. to shine here. I think they could make a pretty deep run, uh, and it'll all start with how we do against Italy. And if we can beat a team that is ranked higher than us and, you know, is uh, a, a strong European side, then I think that's, you know, that's a check in a box that, you know, we, we can say we're making some progress here for sure. Um, and who knows? Like, they could go end up going a lot farther. It's interesting. It's a great Squidge Rugby video. I don't know if you guys watch any of him on YouTube, but he's an amazing uh, analyst kind of of the game in general. And he did a breakdown of who's going to win the Women's World Cup. Um, and he talked a lot about how this is kind of the first ever professional Women's World Cup uh, because the Allianz Premier 15s has kind of taken off and other sides have started to professionalize their women's game as well. Uh, throughout Europe. So most of that U.S. side plays over in Europe and the professional setup. Uh, and so that's really going to impact the quality of the game. So I, I'm really excited just to see like how that the level of play has been raised for this. Uh, now that there's starting to be professional contact uh, contracts handed out. So it should be a great tournament overall. I'm, I'm really pumped um, to see how that first game goes against Italy as well. So, and check out that squid rugby video if anybody hasn't seen it. And my, my last, my last little shout out, I know I keep bringing it up, but Kathy Flores made it into the World Rugby Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, that's very cool. All overdue, but uh, if you are uh, if you are anyone that has gotten to interact with Kathy Flores over the years, or gotten to talk to someone that's interacted with Kathy Flores over the year years, it's no surprise that she's been inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it's just such a wonderful kind of curtain raiser to the World Cup this year. Yeah, I think that's it's amazing. Uh, there, yeah, there will be some ceremonies for that. It's like you've mentioned on the podcast too, provide a pretty big boost, I think, for the women here going over uh, and playing kind of, you know, in her uh, in her light and for her. So that, that'll be um, an interesting factor in this as well. But uh, not a lot of other stuff going on uh, in the rugby world, although there is a lot of stuff going on, but not much of it on the news front. Uh, so we can hop right into kind of our main takeaways from last week's slate of games, Josh. Uh, I think the number one, probably matchup that we did not get to talk about last week. We didn't see it on the calendar uh, pop up, but it is probably one of the bigger matchups of the regular season we're going to get. Uh, and that is the battle of last year's men's champions. Uh, Army played St. Bonaventure on Sunday, some Sunday afternoon rugby. Uh, and you're talking about, like you said, the D1A champ versus last year's NCR champ as well. And Army eventually did come out on top, Josh, 24 to seven. What are your takeaways here from this uh, early season kind of clash of the Titans? Well, I mean, you got to take a look to, you know, Army starting out going up 19-0 against the Bonnies. I mean, Army last year put themselves through a grueling schedule where when it came to the final championship, there was no question because they played so many games and they played so many teams and um, that they were the best team in the country. And this year, they're, they're starting out the same. I mean, you may have lost a lot of guys, but that heart that we talked about that we are thinking that Navy has now these, you know, this year, Army still has it. And, you know, they really, really do not like losing at Anderson. And, you know, they stress it a lot on social media every time. And they they came in, out there and they just put on a fantastic performance. Granted, you know, the Bonnies had a little bit of at the end of the game. They had some little chances, little sparks to kind of come back, you know, um, you know, reading the article from Alex Goff, you know, getting to hear what we can about the game. So you can't discount the Bonnies and everything they've done so far, but Army's still here and Army is still wearing that title as uh, defending champions. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Josh. Uh, I want to use this as an opportunity to kind of, for anybody maybe who's new to college rugby who's listening, um, or anybody who's not as familiar, I want to use this as a chance to kind of give me a brief explainer on you know the last few years of college rugby and why we have two champions here playing from last year a d1a side in army 
who also plays NCR matches uh, and then an NCR champion in St. Bonaventure. Just give me your kind of, you know, uh, rugby college rugby for dummies take on, on kind of that, you know, that divide there. Do you remember when you remember when Matt did this last year? We had a lot more acronyms. He had this. Yeah, you edited it for him. You made the whole. Oh yeah, board. oh yes. <laughs> you went all out for him. Um, he made that the board, the cork board with the. I was really. I he sent me that file, and I was like, I just stared at it for. I was like, this is a this is a masterpiece, Matt. I am I am blown away. But yes, we the uh, the video editing I did, so I'm very familiar with his uh, his breakdown there. Yeah. Well, let's 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 start it off by saying yes. There's two major. There's two major college rugby. Um, or organizations we can say that are kind of leading the pack above the rest in the uh, in the men's side you have the college rugby association of america which is the the um baby of what used to be d1a which is the organization that usa rugby is essentially kind of supporting and viewing as the college rugby organization for the u.s and then you have the national collegiate rugby association which do they even have association in their name? They do, right? Uh, National Collegiate Rugby. Just NCR. National Collegiate Rugby. Look, they yeah. don't even need association. <laughs> They're associated who, with anybody. Who is a group of people who have looked at the current landscape of rugby and said that, you know, while the major teams are getting the support they need, they can fund themselves to travel. Uh, a lot of these smaller teams ha- do not have those capabilities. So they created their own organization where their focus is a lot more on providing a more shared pot of what goes in, goes back to the teams and creating more events so that smaller teams, teams from schools with lower budgets or clubs even could still have a chance to compete for national titles. Both conferences provide a lot in regards to putting on a great show some of the best teams in the country fall under each one and you know we get this rare time where we get to see cross <laughs> cross matchups but um over the years the CRAA is still home to what we could call are the best teams in the country i mean you have cal you have st mary's you have army you have um BYU you have essentially a lot of those teams out west and a lot of those major teams that we've always kind of said hey, these are the best teams in the country. No matter where the rankings are, they're always the top six. But over time, I don't know I don't know if you've noticed this, Zach. I mean, last year, the creep. Bit more this year, there's a little creep. You start <laughs> to see one team's jumping over. You know, I think, what do we have? We have Lindenwood now is technically an NCR team, but the Mid-South still sits in the CRAA. Like, how does that work? <laughs> it's a little messy. It's a little messy still, I think. Uh, it's It's a little messy, but for everyone out there, the main thing you have to know is that everyone in rugby apparently thinks they know how to do it best, how to grow the <laughs> sport best. So it's like a it's like a big ass gym where <laughs> I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. We're, <laughs> we're good. Yeah, we're totally we're, fine. We're, we're podcasts. Yeah. It's a big gym where you got a bunch of men that are just blabbing at each other, trying to say that this is exactly how rugby should grow in the country. And their way of doing that was establishing their own organizations, their own conferences, and telling all the other teams to come join them. And it's like um, it's like a giant game until everyone gets consumed by one organization. We maybe are like three years out from that. Who's wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But uh, it, it's a mess. 
it's a mess to yeah. simplify it. It is, yeah. No, that was thank you for that, uh, Josh. I put you on the spot there. That was a perfect, uh, perfect way to explain it. I think, uh, and I, I just, um, you're right though. There is a little bit of a creep. I mean, this game probably establishes that yes, the the better teams probably still uh, rely, uh, reside in the CRAA side of things, but. I mean, at the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter so much what conference you affiliate yourself with because rugby coaches are generally prickly on the subject of who they can play, when they can play. They don't like people telling them when or when they can't play or who they can't play. Uh, so, you know, their, their army's going to play their schedule. doesn't matter what conference people are in necessarily at this point anyway. Um, and so they'll schedule, you know, a game against Bonnie's and, and they, you know, they prove that they're still number one. Uh, they still are, are the best side until we're, you know, we see evidence to the contrary uh, this season in the fall. Uh, another question I have, though, that comes out of this, Josh, too, is, and it's kind of unrelated. I do want to talk about the game a little bit, but this has just piqued my interest, is that, like, look at Army playing. The, the other difference, I guess we'll say, in the NCRCRA thing, one of the big things is seasonality as well that we talk about a lot of buzzwords you'll see thrown around. Uh, teams play their 15s in the fall and 15s in the in the spring. Uh, NCR is generally the fall side of things, and, and uh, CRA, their main 15 schedules in the spring. Um, but a team like Army kind of plays 15s year round and then will tack sevens on kind of to the end of their their 15s calendar in the spring when, you know, those tournaments are starting to hit as well. Do you think that that's going to be viable going forward? Like for me, sevens is starting to be its own sport. You need to devote, you know, full practice time to being good at sevens. And we saw it with Army who dominated the 15 side of things. And then did not make as much noise in the sevens tournament as I think we thought. And you could chalk that up to, you know, a lot of hours logged playing 15s. But is that something we're going to start seeing teams run into where, you know, you're trying to tack your sevens on at the end of two full 15 seasons and maybe you're not going to be as as competitive as you want to be as a program? I mean, I knew at Michigan State we had people that would come out just for sevens. Yeah. Right? And it proved really, really beneficial because, you know, we'd play our whole 15 season in the fall and you get beat up, right? We're coming into the spring season ready to take on sevens. It was always nice to have those fresh guys that were like just totally focused on sevens. And I think that's 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 what's going to happen. That's if if the school can allocate the resources, has enough people under their belt in their program, they totally should put some people directly in sevens. Can there be a couple, you know, crossover players? Yeah, but you should. You, I think the way forward is going to definitely be. You're going to start to see more schools just saying like, "Hey, this is this is our sevens program. This is our fifteens program," and they're going to recruit heavily, specifically into those programs. And I think you're going to see more events from NCR, from CRAA, set up to cater to that. So yeah, I I hope that happens. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely treating as a separate because you should just be oh sevens is we all know the fifteens game. It's just less people, so you need to you know get all your fast like athletic players out there but it's it's different now it's a whole you know its own game it really is and so i i wonder if that'll help change you know some minds on seasonality as well and just dedicate a whole season to sevens and say like spring is sevens and that's you know we're putting all of our resources into that you can play 15s if you want you know but it's more of like an off season and then you know we push it but i don't that that's never that'll probably never happen but yet, that was just interesting to me you have to think too i mean we're we're still coming out of years of maybe the hangover of dealing with I'm not trying to downplay our national, you know, our national organization, but years of trouble at the top with USA right. Rugby, right? That that has a trickle down effect, especially at the college level. So, you know, now that we're starting to see a lot more um, organization at the USA level, we have MLR taking off. 
you're starting to see little bits of, I want to say kind of, what would be the right word? Cohesiveness in the sense that people are agree are are putting their differences aside and starting to agree on something. All right, you know, like we're talking about the seasonality, right? You're seeing more teams start to say, okay, we don't want to do this, but this is what it's going to be so that everyone can participate. I think you're going to see that with the 15s and the 7s debate. As women's rugby gets closer to becoming an NCAA sport, you're going to have to see a lot of questions where people are just going to have to come together and say, hey, I get it. We don't agree on it, but this is what it's going to have to be. So, um, it, I, again, that's why I threw out the three years thing. It's like we're we're just starting to get the effects of it now, mostly probably because of the pandemic. But I think we're coming so close to just a whole different landscape that we're going to look back and we're going to be like, dang, you know, <laughs> wasn't expecting this to happen. or wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be like this. But um, I, I think it's a really exciting time. Yeah, I agree. You heard it here first on College Rugby Wrap-Up Podcast. Everybody, Josh Restio guarantees in three years the college rugby landscape will be completely different than it is now. So Good things happen in threes. Or is it bad things happen in threes? I don't know. Let's find <laughs> out. Yeah, well, it could be good or bad. <laughs> I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll archive this pod and come back to it, revisit this down the line when everything is, uh, <laughs> is just in, in flames. But um, what next, I want to move on. So that's that's a good game. I think regular season – you know, games are different than championship playoffs. So you can't, you know, I want to pull too much from that. I think St. Bonaventure is still a very good side. Um, I think they're probably better at the, in the grand scheme than a 24 to seven loss to army. Uh, but who knows, you know, I, I think they'll still make, you know, they'll still be very solid competitors uh, in the NCR uh, playoffs this year. Uh, so any final thoughts on this scoreline, Josh, before we move on? I mean, I, I'm just excited for army Navy at this point. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the next game. We're not going to miss previewing that game. So, that I I wish they could. This could have been the year they did it, and ahead of the All Blacks game because I know they played Army Navy last year when when yeah. New Zealand came to play the Eagles uh, in DC. But Navy wasn't as as good last year. They had like a miraculous. Uh, it was just, still a great game. It was. Still, it was. <laughs> it was yeah. still a great game. But uh, yeah, no, you really can't beat that game. And um, I don't know. I I don't think I'm I'm excited. I think the Bonnies. I don't think the scoreline says what maybe the Bonnie's total level was. And, you know, this was just kind of a, a one-time thing, but uh, it'd be cool to see these two play again later in the year. I agree. I agree. Uh, we can uh, move on to another thing that I think talking NCR, National Collegiate Rugby, something they do well uh, is kind of help elevate some of the programs you don't think of as the traditional powerhouses and something they've done, you know, on that front this year it's established the Big Rivers Conference for the first time and kind of elevate some formerly D two programs to the D one level uh, and and kind of just let them let them go and and it's been really competitive so far this year like I, I just a lot of these teams are all the teams that we talk about like that are you know we we do our obligatory okay here are the top teams but we also love watching these teams and talking about these teams um, that are in the Big Rivers like that end up being great games so just kind of running through this week's slate of of matchups in big rivers, Thomas Moore, who I think is probably the best team right now in big rivers. Um, maybe Adrian has something to say about that, but they beat Iowa central community college. Uh, ICCC 38 to 26. We all love what Iowa community or Iowa central brings to the table. Um, Wheeling, who is our like darling of the podcast lost to Marion, who is, this is their second year in existence as a rugby program. Uh, and they managed to, to beat Wheeling by two points, 23 to 21, um, and then Adrian, who, who you know, uh, 
just obliterated Josh's beloved Spartans earlier this year uh, yeah. and just uh, also beat Aquinas 64 to 23. So they, maybe they, they're probably the prohibitive favorites at this point, but all like, you know, I don't know who's going to win this conference. I, and they're all these like amazing fun teams talk about the, you know, the women's world cup team and women's actually having such great, like fun vibes. I love all of these teams and I love this, this new conference. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. I mean, what are we in year two of Adrian? Is this year two? Of yes, Adrian yeah, for Adrian and Marion, I think both. I mean, you look back at, and you can't even use life, maybe use early years of Lindenwood, just how quickly when a school gives support to the rugby program, brings in a quality coach, you know, Benny and Adrian, perfect example, right? Gives yeah. them what they need and just listens to them. Year two, Adrian's looking like a, you know, like they're going to compete for national titles. I mean, I, 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 I may be given the boost because they destroyed Michigan State. That's true. <laughs> Thomas Moore is also looking great. Iowa Central is a community college. Yeah. We're talking about a community college who for now the past three, four years has been raising everyone's you know eyebrows about how is this team so good? But it, it all comes down to schools are finally starting to support their support their clubs and it's paying off. So this is yeah. a great conference. I, I'm so excited to see who actually wins out of it um, and how it grows. I mean, think about this. Adrian in year two, what, what do we got? Two more years of them recruiting, finding guys or building cohesiveness with each other. There's like the sky's the limit on what we can yeah. do. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Like new rivalries being formed and just like having teams in your conference that are like, all kind of just starting out and all similar talent level and all just figuring out makes it even more competitive. Cause you're not like, Oh, you know, Oh yeah, we're playing uh army this week. Like we're going to lose by 50, but let's get out there and give it a shot every week. You're like, I, we could beat this other team. You know, this, this conference is up for grabs. Um, so I, I think that's a great aspect too. Uh, Iowa central is so interesting to me just because of like, they don't, they don't seem to be, facing those traditional challenges that community colleges face where like, you don't have a kind of a guaranteed four year student body, you know, which kind of throws off all of the the traditional ways a college rugby program is structured because with community college, you're maybe two year degree or, or, you know, it, it just seems like they have found a way to keep a cohesively talented team uh, together, despite not having the advantages of, of, you know, a traditional four year school would in a rugby program. So definitely, like have all, yeah, they've, they've, they've kept us all, you know, intrigued over all these years. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see how this conference shakes out as well. Uh, but I need wheeling to start getting better, man. I'm, I know. I've put a lot of stock into you guys over there. I, I, I still love everybody on that squad. I think they will, you know, they'll, they'll compete towards the end of the year. We'll see. They're going to help me out. We'll see Adrian, Adrian, when they showed up to play Michigan state, they had their own bus. I don't know about you. If you remember, Whoa. That. you know, that's a big deal in rugby to have a bus. <laughs> Yeah, I we didn't have one. We didn't have I was that. the um not to brag president of the club at Holy Cross my junior year, um, but only because nobody else wanted to do it. Yeah, uh and I I got in a lot of trouble with our coach at the time, Steve Teasdale, because I was in charge of organizing transportation. And we had a game at we were at Holy Cross in Worcester, Mass. And we had a game, I think, at it might have been at like U Maine or some somebody in Maine. Uh and I put us all in a yellow school bus for like a two and a half hour, three hour drive. Up to up to Maine, and we lost that game by a lot of points. I don't know what it had to all do with the bus, but there were some very unhappy people um, 
uh, with that decision. So, uh, but that's the, that's the life. I, I have no idea Adrian had their own bus. That's amazing to me. It's nice. I mean, I was joking. We, I also was president of my club. Look at us. Look at us. Oh, oh look wow. at that. No, uh, <laughs> no one, everyone's going to unsubscribe from this podcast now. So. I know. Now we're the most boring <laughs> people. No one likes us. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't put them on a school bus, but I put them on a charter bus to Minnesota once and the bus broke down and the bus driver made them all get out. I, I wish I saw this video and push the dang bus. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, scrum training, Josh. That's great. That's a great warm up. I guess it's scrum training, but you know, I mean, you, you can never get it right. So teams that have their own buses, teams that have support, I envy you. That's yeah. uh, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, never let a junior in college be responsible for you know no. executive decisions like buses and referees and no. all that stuff. No. I had other stuff going on. Okay, uh, yeah. but. No, that's uh, that's kudos to them. Yeah, I'm excited for. I think we'll start to see that because of the success of these teams, you'll start to see more schools get behind rugby programs, especially if you start, you know, building audiences. And with the World Cups coming, could be very good. Um, talking about this is a tough transition. I don't have anything, but we'll, <laughs> we'll move over into uh, some kind of historically good programs on the rugby side of things, on the women's side at least, or a program that has taken this weekend to solidify uh, their spot in the rankings in the NCR side of things. Michigan came out and handled Iowa, uh, you know, who we thought was a very uh, plucky Iowa side. Uh, Michigan said, no, we're, we're, we're who we are. We, we know who we are. We're very good. And they beat Iowa 34 to 22 on the weekend. Uh, and what, that's a pretty, that's a pretty decent scoreline. Uh, and I will say Iowa also did win the B side game 32 27. Uh, so, you know, one check mark for Iowa there, but Josh looks like Michigan women's side are, are very legit much to, I'm sure your chagrin. And my, uh, undefeated record, which I'm sure <laughs> we, will, we will explore later is also gone, but yeah, uh, double whammy, double whammy. I, I was really rooting for Iowa, but you know, the cornfield, uh, playing out there, I was like, I don't, I mean, it's great, but, um, Michigan women are definitely for real. Let's uh, let's let's go ahead and lock that one in. Um, but it was what it was the third best team in the country versus the sixth best team in the country. Second best team. You were close. Second best team in the NCR coaches poll versus the fourth ranked team so, in the coaches poll. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's not like it's not like we're it's not like Iowa losing this team is the end of the world. They still got a hat trick. What are we what are we calling those? The Lewis. No, I think we're still hat trick is still a hat trick. Uh, the it was the five four. tries in a game was the Lewis, uh, and four tries I think was the Kulibli, who who she did score a hat trick in this for Iowa. I see, I see. So she's she's just amazing at this point. Yeah, that's a, that's an unbelievable run uh, to score. Yeah, three in this game, uh, and off of a week where she scored four uh, the other week. Uh, if I mean, her yeah. parents are not at the game, I'm uh, honestly we gotta we we need to start a GoFundMe to get them out there before yeah. before she runs out of tries to score. <laughs> What's um, the? Does anyone do? What are the what are the records like? Is there a records book somewhere we can check for this? Like I don't know. I don't know, but she's she's on pace to break it. That's all <laughs> I can tell you. I mean, I think I read somewhere as well that she started playing in college. Like she picked up a rugby ball for the first time, you know, a co- a year or two ago at Iowa. Um, which is again another amazing feat. Uh, some people are just naturally very good at rugby, and like you know, they just need to get out there on the pitch and discover that that's what they were meant to be doing this whole time. 
I guess uh, one more hat trick we're getting her on the show. That's that's I'm putting my foot down on that. <laughs> that's um, great. We can't we can't ignore it any longer after that. Yeah. Uh, but we also can't ignore the uh, you know Michigan making a statement here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all so. I'm all for that. That's great. <laughs> the men lost to Ohio State, so you know that's uh. There you go. Yeah. So by a lot, I think can't give Michigan was... everything. No, I'm joking. They're uh, <laughs> I I, can, I I have to be a I can't keep doing the commentators curse on all this stuff. Um, Michigan women look great. I think they they still have a tough schedule ahead of them. Um, for when I was looking at it before, but I'd expect them to maybe climb, maybe even take the number one spot in the rankings. Uh, I don't know if did they did they come out? Did they get to go up in the rankings? Did we see this? I don't believe at the time of recording that it has been released yet. This, the rankings um, or the coaches poll, uh, at least from the like most updated. Uh, we are taping this on Monday. Um, so we should see. I mean, I don't know. Notre Dame College was at number one. I'm not sure what their I weekend. I unseed them, but uh, I don't know. We'll and find out. Northern, or, I don't know. I feel like uh, you, you, you make a good case for Michigan to. To make their way up to number one, maybe we'll see it. Yeah, we uh, they at least earned a, an Instagram follow for me, so uh, congratulations. I don't know, that's probably not as exciting as being number one in the coaches poll, but uh, it's progress. So they are they follow me on Instagram. So hmm. who what? I don't even think you follow me on Instagram. So. <laughs> that's not true. I do. I I yeah. definitely do because I remember uh, that you found your you rescued your your pup. So uh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's another story. You guys uh, subscribe to our Patreon that still exists, I think. Uh, and we'll tell you that story about Josh and his his pup. So Yes, I will happily. <laughs> uh, but uh, some other action on the women's front. The D1 Elite squad, so kind of the top uh, cream of the crop on the women's game, had, were in action this weekend as well. Starting to see some of these best sides get some uh, 15s matches in life. Played Penn State. Uh, Life, of course, got has a new coach. This is the first game under the new coach, uh, replacing Coach Roz, who left to coach at Brown. And they didn't seem like miss a beat, Josh. They beat Penn State 53 to nothing uh, in their first matchup. Uh, they also, for funsies, played uh, a New York club, uh, women's club, and won 40 to 17 over the weekend as well. Um, so Life fun, looking man. strong. To start the to start this year, Lindenwood beat the Chicago Lions, who are a WPL team, a women's Premier League team, so a pro team in the states, sixty six to sixteen. Uh, and then Central Washington actually lost to a Canadian school, University of Victoria, twelve to twenty seven. So you saw the you know life Lindenwood to by far best women's programs uh, in the country at this point win in dominating fashion, and you saw Penn State and Central Washington who have kind of struggled. You know, uh, still probably two premier of the premier programs, but have have not been able to find their footing recently. Uh, so, any takeaways on your side, Josh, with these uh, these first few D one elite matchups on the weekend? I'm not surprised, but I want to say I'm surprised. Um, you know, I first time I got to witness Life and Lindenwood play against each other was in New Orleans with you, and I, I it's like a whole different it's like a whole different level. It's like yeah. playing it's it's like playing a sports game on rookie sometimes watching them. I mean they are they are out of this world so Lindenwood 66-16 against the WPL team in the Chicago Lions these are college college women that are you know really beating up on pro- professional level teams in a way you know that are you know stacked and I, I 
hats off to that for central Washington and Penn state, you know, um, central Washington losing to a Canadian team. A lot of those Canadian schools have had much more well-established women's programs for a while. So, you know, you can't, you can't fault them there. Um, for Penn state, it's a really, it's a really tough, tough game to have to, to go. I feel like you just have to kind of get out of there and just look forward to the next game. But I'm not going to be biased and say that I'm expecting and looking forward to the life versus Lindenwood matchup, but you know, if I was a betting man, I'm sure that that would, uh, that would, that would hit. That is definitely the uh, safe money there. Uh, I think for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I guess yeah, not much else to say it's early in the season. I'm sure for Penn state it's probably just a helpful learning experience to continue to play life at Lindenwood, you know, uh, that's how you get better. Um, so we'll see how they do in the rest of their season. Uh, life did win the NCR championship last year. Uh, and I think that was one of their first, I mean, that was one of the first years I think they played in it. Uh, cause they're, they're generally, they stick on the CRAA side of things as a D1 elite squad. And they played with a bit of like a JV ish side in that NCR tournament and still were really the runaway favorites. Uh, so we'll see if that, you know, is the same case, uh, this year as well, but Penn state also uh, solid competitors in that front as well. So we'll see, but, uh, I wanted to throw, an honorable mention here to uh, Davenport, their women's side, who won their first game as a, a Naira Tier 2 team. So Naira, the National Intercollegiate Rugby Association, is that collection of varsity women's programs. As Josh mentioned earlier, they're looking to become an NCAA varsity sport. They're an emerging sport currently. So they're they're trying to recruit programs, you know, that are willing to take that leap. Uh, and Davenport is one of those programs, you know, one of the newer uh, varsity programs. They so they're not in the tier one of Naira, which is the Dartmouth Brown, um, you know, Quinnipiac, some of those schools. They are in a tier two, uh, but they just beat AIC, who were the tier two champions from last year, 22 to 19, uh, in this weekend's matchup. So great win by Davenport. Uh, and it's always, you know, it's good to see. We talked about a little bit with Big Rivers, but it's good to see kind of some of these emerging programs, uh, you know, starting to get wins and starting to be competitive. Uh, over, you know, it's school in AIC that is perennially solid, I think has been good for a long time, but they at some point as well were, you know, an emerging program uh, who have kind of started to figure things out on there on the men's and women's side. So uh big win for Davenport. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how they, how they continue to play going forward. Love it. So that is kind of the, the main thrust of the storylines there from, you know, our takeaways from the week. Uh, Josh, real quick, haven't seen the new rankings yet from Goff on the men's side. Do you, looking at last week's rankings here in the doc, do you see any big changes that might happen? Do you think St. Bonaventure drops at all because of their loss to Army? Uh, do you see, you know, Penn State moving up? Uh, they were idle this week, um, but, you know, maybe they hop a Mary Washington or a Notre Dame. Uh, a Notre Dame, I think, lost on the weekend. So any, any, big changes you think you, you might see uh, coming out of the, the results from the weekend? If there was one change I would make, I think it's time for us to move BYU up until they prove us otherwise. I mean, another game this week where they won 86 to nine <laughs> over Colorado state um, at a certain point, they, they have to get dethroned by someone that's actually playing games. And until then, I think, at this moment, they're the second best team in the country. So I'd move BYU up to two. Um, that can change quickly. I would also say that we might be, and this this may pain me to say, but we might be sleeping on Ohio State a little mm. bit. 
Um, that, you know, Michigan, yeah, is having a little bit of a, a tougher year right now, but they're putting on some dominating performances. And to stick them at 10 when, you know, they're an undefeated team, played a solid schedule, I can see them maybe at this point being closer up to the Davenport level, um, which we'll see when, when they when Ohio State plays Indiana because Indiana did have their loss against Davenport, and that would give us a good judgment there. But those are my two kind of takeaways, I'd say. I'm 100% with you on the Ohio State. I mean, I think – they are with with St. Bonaventure taking the loss and Kutztown playing a really tight game against Southern Virginia last week. And then, you know, I don't I don't know exactly what they did this week, but um I could see them hopping over Kutztown and Queens as well. I mean, I think those they probably play a stronger schedule of those three teams, which probably factors into it, but Ohio State has won convincingly uh, every single game yes. of their season. So um, maybe we see them take a leap here, but I I can't wait for that Ohio State Indiana matchup. You're right; that's going to be a really big game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll wait for those rankings to come out, and we can break those down uh, next week's pod as well. Uh, what are you looking to watch this week, Josh? Before we get into our, you know, before we pick our uh, locks of the week, got some games that you're looking at on the schedule here. Don't anything you see that you're interested in? Friday night rugby, man. That's gonna be my new. It's gonna be my new thing. I'm gonna be watching Friday night rugby uh, every week if I can. Uh, Harvard at Yale. That's I don't, I don't know. You ever watch the Harvard Harvard Yale football game? I have not. No? I have not. Well, I don't think I. I think I've maybe have turned it on once because I don't even know what channel they would put that on. Probably on ESPN, you would think, but. Um, I think because they're Patriot League. I'm pretty sure because I watched Holy Cross beat them this weekend to stay undefeated in the Patriot League or in overall. So uh sucks to suck Harvard, but continue. <laughs> well, that's gonna be that's gonna be my main game to watch. And do we get to do locks this week without Colby? I think we'll get his pick off Mike uh and see what he wants to do. But we got to keep it rolling. We can't, you know, can't keep yeah. skipping weeks. I- uh but I will just a couple other games I'm really interested in. Uh the aforementioned Big Rivers in action, Iowa Central Community College versus Adrian. Uh, so always, you know, again, competitive matchup. Adrian should come out on top in that one, but I think Iowa Central is frisky. Uh, Brown versus Fairfield on Saturday, I think, is a is a huge matchup in that Liberty Conference. There, I mean, Brown probably the prohibitive favorites, but Fairfield the the upstarts this year, uh, taking down Colby's Iona Gales and and you know undefeated so far in the season. So that'll be a huge test for them against Brown. Uh, and on the women's side, Davenport, the aforementioned Davenport, taking on Notre Dame College. Uh, who are the number one in that NCR coaches poll uh, that game's on Saturday as well. So we'll see, you know, how that, that game plays out as well. I think um, I'm really not sure how you could compare the talent levels in Naira and, and, you know, NCR teams. Uh, so that might be an interesting glimpse at that, that kind of talent disparity as well. But um, those are all the games I'm looking at and Josh, give me your pay. I guess we'll refresh from last week to lock it up. I am now on the board, thank God, finally, with a win. I'm one and two uh, so far in the season because I trusted in the Dartmouth women's team, as I should have done from the beginning, uh, and they beat Army 24 to 15, which was my lock of the week. Uh, So now I can't pick any more Dartmouth teams, which is probably for the best going forward. Josh, you you put your faith in Iowa, and they they hurt you this week. They really did. You know, um... It was disappointing, but luckily, luckily, I'm not. I, I was joined in losing my undefeated status. 
Yes, yeah. Now we're all in the muck here because Colby's at two and one as well. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're one and two. Don't be saying <laughs> you're in the muck. You're not here yet. <laughs> I, I'm one game under 500. You guys are one game over 500. Yeah, That's I, where, yeah, like, I, it's totally different ball games right now. <laughs> we could have a tied record next week if we I could, but we're not going to. <laughs> this is outrageous. I should be also two and one because Brown tied that first week that we picked, but I will let that slide um i yeah colby who picked brown over uh or picked mount st mary's over brown uh and that did not go his way brown won that game 36 to nothing uh on the women's side of things so he can't pick iona aic or mount st mary's anymore josh you can't pick army adrian or iowa's women's team uh that being said give me your pick for this week i'm going with yale over harvard i think uh I don't know. I, I I've only heard a few things about that school, Harvard. I guess it's a good school, but I've heard a lot about Yale, and Yale I know is is an amazing school. So I, I think they're gonna beat they're gonna beat Harvard this week. The men's big call, big call. That'll be a fun game to tune into. Everybody, make sure you watch that on National Collegiate Rugby's YouTube page on Friday night. I'm not sure who I want to go with here. I think I. I'm going to pick, I just spent all that time talking about Davenport's women's team. Um, so I think I'm going to pick them in the upset over Notre Dame college. I think that is what I'm going to do. Uh, and I, I, as you can tell, I'm not super convinced, but you know what I am, I'm going to say uh, Davenport for sure over the Notre Dame college uh, women's side on Saturday. Don't let me down Davenport. I believe in you. Um, and that'll help uh, even things up here. Probably should have played it safe, but you know what? Who cares? Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I'll get Colby's pick off. Mike, Josh, any final thoughts here before we wrap things up? My new exciting segment uh, I want to kick off. Um, the new segment, we'll get the sponsor one day, the biggest blowout of the week. Uh, okay. Utah Valley this week put up 128 points against Colorado Mesa and a final score of 128 to nothing. Wow. That is a lot. That is a lot of points. That is a lot to a little. of <laughs> that's, that's, that's really, I did ever, I mean, uh, that's an amazing amount of points. I've never even come How close. How do you to, do that? That's, I that's don't know. full on sprinting. Yeah. <laughs> Every phase of rugby you're scoring. I'm not a math person but i mean what is how many points per minute is that i i will admit i tried to do that off <laughs> for a little bit and i i was struggling so if someone wants to figure it out send it in but kudos to utah valley for putting up um 128 points yeah i and i love this segment idea josh i definitely co-sign uh this is great going forward uh so send us in your blowouts as well if you guys were a part of one if you were the winning team the losing team you want to highlight some scores, make sure you send that to us on uh, on Twitter at Rugby Wrap Up or at College Rugby Wrap Up or College RWU. Uh, our personal Twitters as well, at Landing Zach is me. Josh, I think you're at Josh Resio. I am. Uh, and Colby's at C Marshall. Uh, so, yeah, reach out to us. Send us your scores. We'll feature you uh, if you won or you lost. So either way, you can all you can do when you lose, if you lose 128 to nothing, is it, I mean, you just laugh. I think that's going to be the only response uh, to that. So it's rugby, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's, everyone's friends, you know, it's, it's a good time. 
Yeah, I love that, but you know, yeah. We're still friends. <laughs> still friends. Still good. Uh, well, that's it for us, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of College Rugby Wrap-Up. Uh, we'll hopefully be at full strength again next week. We're trying to get all our schedules together. Uh, but this, Josh, you did okay. All right? So good job. Good job, man. Thank you. I I, I try my best sometimes, you know? Oh, you do. You do, and we appreciate you for it. Uh, and someday you'll, you know, you'll get there. It's, it's a lot of hard work. You need the reps. So, uh, but <laughs> thank you all uh, for listening. Catch us again next week as well. Same time, same place. Uh, we talked some college rugby. And uh, Josh, why don't you take us out? I'm not singing. <laughs> you know you Give us some words of, uh, of parting. Words of parting. Well, the leaves are starting to turn. It's starting <laughs> to become fall. I, um, I tried a pumpkin spice latte yesterday. Wow. Not a fan. Not a fan. Wow. No. We no. should have led the show with that. We should have. But you know what? Stay tuned. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, you know, my my parting words, I'm going to go try out another fall beverage at this point. We'll figure out what it is. I'll, I'll come back with my review. That'll be our new say, a new new segment as well. Uh, Josh, Josh tries fall beverages. It'll be up random segments not related to rugby. <laughs> That's a good show. That's a good podcast. Uh, yeah. That's a good thing to do.